Shalom Alaikum wa Rahmatul Murshi, my friend, which means may the peace of Messiah be with you all. Have you ever heard your parents say do not talk to strangers? My parents said that to me many times and I always avoided strange people. But there was a time in my life in 1990 when I was on a train journey to a distant city and I felt like someone unseen forced me to talk to a strange person on the train. And through this total stranger, God brought his amazing grace to me. Do you want to hear more? I am sure you do. I was born and raised in a very strict Muslim family in Bangladesh. I did all my due diligence and followed the religion of Islam with all my heart and soul. I always sought Allah, God, and wanted to know Him more personally in my life. But I never found Him in my daily devotions, in the mosque, at home, in different rituals, or at any festivals. He never responded to me. Sometimes I even wondered if He is real, if He is alive, if He loves me or not. My spiritual thirst for Him kept growing more strong every day, and Allah did not even seem to be bothered. But I was following Him blindly anyway, like any other devoted Muslims. That total strange person from that train became my real good friend. It's like God sent Him specially for me to show me His light. He helped me open my eyes to see God from a different angle. Nobody from my family ever told me that I could talk I could look for God from a different angle too. Everyone said, we are Muslims, we need to read the Quran only and we have to read it in Arabic to get more blessings. And that's it. My parents or religious teachers never encouraged me to read the Quran in my own language and understand its meaning. I wonder why. But I thank and praise God for my strange friend who took the time and patience to help me read the Quran in my own language and understand its meaning. As I started reading the Quran in my own language, I found some shocking truth that really put my world upside down. Please note, there are many books in the Quran, like the Bible, they are called surahs, and their verses are called ayats. I found many surahs in the Quran that repeatedly ask the reader to read those previous books which the Bible has, like the Torah, Jabur means the Psalms, books of the prophets, and Injil means the gospel. Surprise, surprise. I was told many stories about the Bible, like such as uh, it is changed, it's been rejected, and it is a Christian's book only. We don't need to read it. But here in Surah number 5, Ayat number 68 clearly says, we not only have to read those previous books, we have to obey them also. Surah number 18, ayat number 27 clearly says, No one can change the word of God or Allah. Surah number 3, ayat number 4 says, Those who deny or reject the word of Allah, they will be punished severely. Surah number 7, ayat number 40 clearly says, Those who say God's word are false, means the Bible which contains all his previous books are false, they will never enter heaven. 
I saw many other surahs and ayahs in the Quran that clearly pointed me to start reading the Bible. I had never seen a Bible in my life. I never knew what's in there. Then my strange friend gave me a Bible in my own language. That was the very first time my bare eyes saw a Bible, just the very own holy word of our living God. I had different mixed feelings and I cannot explain that. You know, I was not used to reading the Bible at that time and I did not have any reverence for it. Seeing the dilemma on my face, my strange friend asked me a couple of very important questions. He asked me, so what are you going to do? Are you going to obey Allah, read his holy books and please him? Or you are going to disobey Allah, not read his previous books and please only your family and society as usual. I felt like a push from inside and miraculously my mouth was opened and I said, I want to please only Allah and no one else. So I started reading the eternal word of our loving and caring God. The Bible is a huge book and I did not know where to start reading it from. My friend said, Injil or the Gospel is a good place to start from. As I started reading the Bible at home, I found many similarities between the Bible and the Quran. I found the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ, we called Isa al-Masih, is described the same way in both the books. I found both the books admit Jesus Christ is holy. I found both the books proclaim about his miraculous works. He gave sight to the blind. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Surah number 3, ayat number 49 talks about all his miraculous works. Both the books say Jesus Christ is the grace of God. Surah number 4, ayat number 171 says he is the word of God. He is the spirit of God. But unfortunately, the Quran does not agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of God or that he is the visible picture of invisible God or that he died on the cross for the remission of our sins or that he was buried and uh, resurrected from his grave on the third day. The Quran says that he ascended to heaven by Allah and he is the sign of judgment day. The Quran does not even clearly say that Jesus Christ will intercede for us on the judgment day in front of Allah. My good strange friend was able to answer all those negative questions one by one by the help of the Holy Spirit. One day I showed my good friend a couple of verses from the Quran which I found in Surah number 19, ayat number 87, where it says, None shall have the power of intercession but such a person who has received permission or promise from Allah, most gracious. Surah number 20, ayat number 109 also says, no one can intercede on the judgment day except the one who God has given permission to and who he is pleased with. I quickly told my friend that Allah must be pointing to our Prophet Muhammad here because Quran was revealed to him so I believe only he can intercede for us. Then my strange friend asked me, did Allah mention uh, Prophet Muhammad's name anywhere in the Quran saying that he will intercede for Muslims? I said hesitantly, um, no, I couldn't find any ayats like that. Then he asked me, who actually needs intercession, sinners or the righteous people? I said, obviously sinners need intercession, not those righteous people. Then he asked me, what do you think of Prophet Muhammad Is he a sinner or a righteous person? I said, what are you saying? He is not a sinner. He is obviously a righteous person. He asked me, do you believe in Quran? 
I said, I believe in all those previous books now, including Quran. He said, let's look at some of the verses from Quran and see what they say about Prophet Muhammad whether he was a sinner or not. I couldn't believe those surahs, those ayats from the Quran that said Prophet Muhammad is a sinner. Among them, surah number 47, ayat number 19, surah number 40, ayat number 55, surah number 48, ayat number 2 clearly say that the Prophet Muhammad was a sinner. My heart really broke down and I couldn't accept the truth even by repeatedly reading them from the Quran. My last hope on Prophet Muhammad was almost gone when I saw those ayats. I became fearful of my sins. I became restless. My friend then asked me to see few other verses from the Quran and see if Allah has promised anything to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I read surah number 46 ayat number 9, surah number 6 ayat number 50, surah number 7 ayat number 188, surah number 42 ayat number 6, surah number 39 ayat number 19 and 41, surah number 72 ayat number 21 and 22, surah number 10 ayat number 41. According to all these surahs in Quran, I found that Prophet Muhammad rather being honest in admitting that he cannot save anyone from the wrath of God on Judgment Day. He does not even know what will happen to him or others. According to surah number 72 at number 22, no one can even save Prophet Muhammad from the wrath of Allah on the Judgment Day. Holy God! At this point, I truly realized that if Prophet Muhammad is a sinner, then he also needs intercession on the Judgment Day. I asked my strange friend, then who Allah has promised to give the power of intercession in Quran? Who could he possibly be pleased with? My friend said, Allah can only be pleased with someone who has never sinned against him and who lived a holy life on earth. I asked him, are there any other prophets or anyone else you think who lived a holy life on earth? My friend said, let's open surah number 19, ayat number also 19, surah number 3, ayat number 55, surah number 5, ayat number 110. Read them all and you tell me what Allah of Islam said about Jesus Christ or Isa al-Masayah. Was he holy or a sinner? I read all those verses again and again and again and found Jesus Christ to be the Holy One. He was born with the Holy Spirit, he lived a holy life on earth, and he is now in heaven living with the Holy God. You cannot even fathom how devastating I was feeling in that moment, seeing the truth in my own eyes, the truth that I never knew before. The fact is, my love, my respect, my gratitude for my Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu did not even decrease a bit, even after knowing those truths. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing about him from the Quran. My heart was really heavy and I started crying. My friend asked me, why are you crying? I said, what do you mean? My hope, my last resort that I had on Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu is gone. I was growing up knowing that he will intercede me on the judgment day. And now that hope is gone. Who will save me from the wrath of God now? My friend said, Well, now you know the truth, and this truth will set you free from the bondage of your sin. This truth will give you a new hope, a new beginning. This truth will save you from the wrath of God on the judgment day, 
and give you the assurance of going to heaven while you are on this earth. My friend also mentioned a few verses from the Bible. He mentioned Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 6 that he is the truth, the way and the life. No one goes to the Father, means in heaven, unless by him. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator or intercessor between God and man, and that intercessor is Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else except with Jesus Christ. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He also mentioned Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 to 11 where it says that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My friend said, there is also a verse in the Quran like that which I want you to read. I open surah number 4, ayat number 159, where it says, All the people of the books must believe in Jesus Christ before their death. I could not believe my eyes what I just saw. My mind was boggling down. I became restless in my heart. I stopped reading both the Quran and the Bible for how many days? I don't know. I even stopped meeting my strange friend for a long time. But then one day, now I know, the Holy Spirit helped me realize that my strange friend was just helping me to see the truth of Allah from a different angle. It cannot be his fault. So I visited him again. Him and his wife was very happy to see me. They said, our friends and we have been continuously praying for you that Almighty God will clarify your mind and soul and will give you peace and a clear vision and make himself real to you. My friend said, I want to give you a challenge. Surprisingly, I said, is there more challenge left? He said, this is probably going to be the last one. I said, okay, tell me what kind of challenge. He said, find a quiet place when you can in your house. Close the door, put a chair in front of you, kneel before that chair, believing that Almighty God is sitting in that chair and you ask him to talk to you. Ask him to give you a proof that he is real, he is alive. There are people that worship God in the name of those idols, that Buddha, that Prophet Muhammad and we worship him in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you to ask our dear God to tell you which way he wants you to worship him. Is it Krishna, is it Buddha, is it Muhammad or it is Jesus? Do not get up from kneeling until you hear him speak. I tell you, my strange friend sounded more strange to me at that time. I became scared. I never challenged God like that. I said, what if he becomes angry and send fire from hell and burns me down with my house? My friend said, well, at least you will know that he is real. But I'm sure God will not do that. He said, if you really ask him to talk to you in tears with a broken heart, he will make himself known to you. One day, I was sitting at home alone and watching my favorite programs on TV. It was late at night. All of a sudden, I felt like someone reminded me of the challenge my strange friend gave me. I thought I could not find any other perfect time than this. I felt scared, but I took courage. I turned my TV off and washed myself the way a Muslim person make himself outwardly holy before prayer. I closed my door and all the windows. 
I put a chair in front of me and kneeled before that chair on the concrete floor. I closed my eyes, put my hands together and started praying. I said, God, I'm really sorry that I have to challenge you through prayer like this. You know I love you. I want to know you, Allah. I want to hear your voice. Please give me a sign that you are listening to me. Let the high wind blow. Let the thunder roar. Please do something and make me feel your presence. I said, God, if you want me to worship you through all those Hindu idols, please tell me and I will do that. I will bring all those idols in my house and worship you. I was waiting for about 10 minutes, but God did not answer my prayer. Then I said, how about Buddha? If you want me to worship you in the name of Buddha, I will bring his idol and worship you in the name of Buddha. But you have to tell me. You have to talk to me. If you do not talk to me today, I'm not going to worship you again. I'm not going to read your holy words again. I was again waiting for about 10 minutes. Nah, I did not see any sign. I did not even feel his presence. My knee was hurting because I was kneeling on a concrete floor. I again started to ask God that all these years I have been believing in the Quran only and worshipping you in the name of my dear Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. But you never responded to me. You never made me understand that you were real, you were alive. You never assured me that I was following the right path. Oh God, oh Allah, please listen to my cry. I know you sent Prophet Muhammad as a messenger. I know you want me to worship you in his name. I really broke down in tears at this time. And I said, please Allah, give me a sign. Give me an assurance that you are pleased with Prophet Muhammad and you want me to worship you in his name. My tears were rolling down through my cheek onto the floor. I was waiting probably about half an hour at this time and I was getting tired. I was getting annoyed. I started doubting that God probably is not real. Then at the end, with an annoying voice, I asked, Allah, how about Jesus Christ? If Jesus Christ is your anointed one, if you are pleased with him, please tell me so. I will then worship you in his name from now on. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, what happened to me on that day in that closed door. I cannot make you believe what happened, but I am just sharing the miraculous experience that I had with God. It did not even take a second after I finished my last word in that prayer. My door was closed, my windows were closed, my eyes were even closed. I felt like someone stepped into my room. I could hear his footsteps. I started to having goosebumps. He came right behind me and touched my ears. And I felt like all my sorrows, all my pain were gone away from my body through the roof of my head out. I felt so light, I felt like walking under a cloud. Then I heard this audible voice. He called me by my name and said, I am Jesus Christ. I love you and I want you to follow me. That is it. Those three amazing sentences, that holy presence, that assurance filled my heart with great heavenly joy. And since that day, I made a commitment of faith with Jesus Christ, the spiritual son of God who died on the cross for the remission of my sins to follow him as my personal savior and Lord. You know, according to 
1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, the faith, the hope, and the love that God showed me on that day in my prayer. I never stopped sharing this with others. God has given me many opportunities while I was in Bangladesh to share, and He touched many lives through me, my wife, and now through our children. We have also been blessed tremendously since we landed in Toronto through our church families and through many faithful people like you around us. When we made Canada our home, we discovered that God brought all the nations here and He wants us to give no excuse but to join Him at His work to reach out to this hopeless and helpless sheep who are without a shepherd. In Matthew 9:37, Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus is so right. There are almost no workers to work among Bengali-speaking Muslim people in Toronto. I had been working part-time to reach out to these people because I had to spend much of my time to earn bread for our family. I realized that part-time is not enough. After a lot of prayer, prayer and counseling, it is evident to me that God wants me to work full-time for Him now. According to Matthew 28:19-20. When our Lord Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, He gave the last commission to His disciples to go to all the nations and preach the gospel. I believe that last commission was given to all the followers of Christ regardless. Our dear God reminded us in John chapter 3, verse 16, that He sacrificed His Son on the cross for everyone in the world to be saved. Every soul is precious to Him, and He doesn't want anyone to perish. Well, God has done His part. And now we have to do our part. We have to work with Him, for Him, and by the help of His Holy Spirit, we have to take this great commission of Christ to whoever is without Christ around us. We work at Global Gates Canada as faith-based missionaries and depend on God to provide for our financial needs. Please join me in prayer as I take Christ's great commission to the multitude of Bengali Muslims in Toronto. If you would also like to support my work, financially, please see the options below on the screen. May God continuously bless you in everything you do for Him and use you for the glory of His kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Mamoon, for telling us a phenomenal life story in the way you surrender your life to God, the Father in heaven, through and in the name of Jesus Christ, the living Son of God, and according to the Bible, in such a resounding and knowledgeable manner. While listening, I thought of Acts chapter 9 of the Bible a lot and what changed the life of Saul, otherwise known as the Apostle Paul. Paul wasn't always a missionary for Jesus. At first, he was persecuting Jesus and all of the Christians. He was on the way to get legal authority and permission to put even more Christians into jail. But on the way there, something happened that changed him. On the way there, he became blind and heard a voice. Saul heard the voice of Jesus saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul asked, uh, Who are you, Lord? Saul was asking about who Jesus is. And what came back was a command. The voice responded to him saying, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. Now when this happened, there were others with him. Acts chapter 9 verse 7. The men traveling with Saul stood there, speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul could not see, but he heard the voice. And then there were others with him, who were right there next to him. 
They had no more vision. They were able to see, but they did not see anyone either. And they also heard the voice of Jesus commanding him to go into the city and obey the voice of Jesus. And so into the city he went, and Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul, went on to become the missionary par excellence of the New Testament. Mamun, certainly God has prepared you with knowledge of Scripture that is Bible, your profession of faith and commitment to the name of Jesus and the Great Commission is very sure. As a missionary, Mamun has joined with Global Gates Canada, a faith-based missions organization. You can connect with him, actually, and support him with prayers, and even begin a conversation with Mamun on many points about his faith in Jesus Christ, his spiritual discoveries through the Bible or other religious texts. There is an email to Mamun listed in the description of this episode. There are several ways you can connect and support Mamun in his missions for the gospel of Jesus. You can visit and donate through the website globalgates.ca by e-transfer, sending a check, or through another charity at canadahelps.org. All of the details are listed in the podcast description of this episode. Mamoon, may God bless you on your missional journey towards different communities, people groups of different languages, backgrounds, and ethnic heritage just like your own. By the grace of God and with the truth of the Bible about who Jesus is. Thank you for tuning in and hearing from Mamoon today. This is Ricky from Over the Roof Storyteller. Peace. Peace.